0: This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. and welcome to episode 49 of the Rebel Author Podcast. I can't believe how close we are to a landmark episode and I also can't believe that we are nearly at the one year anniversary of this show. I'll be doing a few things to celebrate the one year anniversary of the show but I will go into those in uh, more detail at another point. Today I'm talking to Jenny Nash all about how to have a side hustle and also how to be an author coach. I adored talking to Jenny. She is super personable and engaging and I found her fascinating to talk to. And I also found it interesting because... Author coaching is for more people than you might think, and that's on both sides. So her business encompasses both the coaches and writers who want to be coached. So if you think you might fall into either of those brackets, or you might like to build your own side hustle, then this episode is for you. First to last week's question, which was how do you use data in your writing business? Only one comment this week, which, it, which I was kind of anticipating because it's a hard question to answer. Uh, but Edwin said, I brought the latest Kalytics for science fiction and fantasy, but other than garnering a few ideas of Amazon ad keywords, I have yet to see a way to use his offering to give my marketing efforts a boost. I'm not a data nerd and most of what's there doesn't resonate with what I hope to accomplish. The same can be said for any data heavy resources I may have come upon. I think that's completely fair enough. Um, I really like the Kalytics reports. I get quite a lot from them both um, in terms of categories to try things that I might not have thought of in my genre or just didn't know existed so I get quite a few categories um, and then from that I can then also find comparison authors or books or series to then target. So I suppose it's um, the offering is what the offering is and then it's I guess how you implement it or what what, how you take it further so I use it as a springboard to help me uh find more comparisons to find um things in my genre and I and you know everybody has a different way of doing that but I also like um the reports so that I stay up to date with what the latest trends are and I love that he does things like um Showing the covers for the top 100 titles in in the genres because I think when you've had those reports over time you get to see the changes in uh, cover uh, trends as well and that's always important uh, for indie so that we stay on top of that. This week's question is, if you could do anything as a side hustle, what would it be? The book recommendation for this week is How to Write a Series by Sarah Rosette. I read this book a few weeks ago because um, I was looking at some tips and advice for series writing uh, as I start to percolate and mull over my next series, which is adult, uh, I guess it's well, I it's an magi- adult magician's a series called Murdering Magicians. Um, it's darker than certainly the young adult stuff I've written. And I was just kind of wanting to uh, read something that would, you know, help me plan the series better. So um, I think the book did that. And I may, I may even reach out and see if uh, she would like to come on the show, actually. So, yes, I will include links to that in the show notes. So in personal update uh, news this week, I have almost finished drafting the prequel uh, novella that I was writing for my young adult series, it's called Sirens, and uh, yeah, I guess it's going to, uh, well I thought it might at one point end up between uh, 22 and 25,000 words, Um, but now I'm, I, I basically ended up hacking out some chapters that I thought I needed to include because because I needed to include them. And actually, uh, as I've started to delve deeper into what this book is, it doesn't need those chapters, so I've hacked out some. So I reckon it's probably going to end up at somewhere between fifteen and 18,000 words. So it's really nice to actually um, be able to finish something. And okay, yes, I know it's short, but uh, yeah, I will be able to have another finished book uh, this year, which is going to be fantabulous. I have also been working on the prose course. I restructured it, as you know, I think I mentioned that last time, uh, and I've been delving deep into uh, using the senses and crafting that course. So I'm excited now. I I sort of wobbled a bit. I've been struggling with doubt and imposter syndrome the last few weeks, as well as exhaustion, um, and uh, like just stress over trying to get my son into a school. And um, so yeah, it's nice to just be pushing forward now. Also, uh, what else have I done this week? I've been doing uh, some admin that's been long overdue and trying to just work on some of the basics of the business. Um, I've left a lot of things over the last few months uh, in order to just focus on getting words down. And uh, (laughs) there's only so long you can leave the business stuff before you have to start doing it. Um, Oh yeah, just to say, don't forget, um, the book that I co-wrote with Jay Thorne, uh, Nine Things Career Authors Don't Do, Rebel Mindset, is out. So for all those rebels listening, or all those uh, people who would like to be a little bit more rebellious, or who just enjoy the rebel aspect of this podcast, then do go and grab yourself a copy. It is in KU, so you can uh, borrow it for free if you have a KU subscription. And the other thing to say is that the second book that I wrote with Jay on personal finance is out in about 10 days probably as this airs so um, I'll include a pre-order link in the show notes do make sure you go and get it it's probably the most personal book I've written to date uh, there's more about me my life and and my history with finances and, and becoming a full-time author so yeah if you're interested or even if you want to nosy then uh, go and um, grab yourself a pre-order copy of that Also, I am currently running an audience survey. If coronavirus has taught me one thing, it's that focus is super important. And I suppose as a result of that, I am looking to reassess everything that I'm doing. And I think that's something that we should all do anyway. Um, I think I knowingly dropped a few things that I probably shouldn't have. I probably picked up a few things that I shouldn't have. Um, And I just think this is a good point in time to assess where I'm going from here. So this survey is basically over to you guys to see what I can provide best for you, what you guys enjoy most from me, um, to help me look at where um, both where I should be focusing both uh, to provide you guys with what you want and also, um, I guess it's that Venn diagram, so how can I provide better value for uh, my audience and also where does that match with the things that I enjoy doing. Um, So yeah, uh, it's only 10 questions, it's very short, shouldn't take you more than uh, maybe five minutes to complete at the most, Um, but I would be super grateful if you would complete it and so I will include a link to that as well in the show notes. Oh yeah and don't forget that I am doing a webinar with Pro Writing Aid um, on how to breathe life into your story and I will in- that's on the 8th of October so I will include links uh, to that in the show notes as well. listener Rebel of the week this week is Jasmine Arch. Jasmine says after I graduated I spent a good seven years in the University Hospital of Antwerp working in radiology there under an utter demon of a professor in neuroradiology. He could make a nurse or tech walk away in tears from assisting him during a procedure. He was physically imposing, tall etc and he made full advantage of that to scare his staff. So one night on a late shift he needed to get a chest x-ray himself and my co-worker was petrified so I took one for the team and made the x-ray. He comes out of the dressing booth afterwards, still tucking his, his in his pants as he joins me at the console to look at his x-rays. He stands so close behind me I was pressed up against the console desk and says, "'Bet you didn't expect this this morning, that I'd be standing behind you tonight with my pants unbuttoned.' I turned around, deadpan, and stared at him and replied, "'I didn't expect it one bit, but you have no idea how long I've been dreaming of it.' He almost ran out of the room. Last time, that was the last time he tried to intimidate me. One thing I can thank him for is that no amount of bloated surgeon's ego now phases me. They can try to yell and bully me all they want, but nothing could be worse than what I already survived. I love that so much. I love that, um... He basically uh, gave him a taste of his own medicine. There is nothing sweeter than giving an arsehole a taste of their own arsehole, you know, um, because they realise it is a short, sharp slap in the face, call well, that's easy for me to say this morning, um, and it shows them what they um, have been doing to everybody else. And I love that he basically ran out of the room. Um, yeah, what a lecherous prick. Um, good for you basically yeah I'm I, I loved it I loved I love the story I love every rebel story you guys know this um, if you would like to be a rebel of the week then please do send in your story it can be any kind of rebellion big small or or somewhere in between you can email your story to rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at rebelauthorpod new patrons this week i was very surprised and thank you both very very much uh first new patron is denise burnt i hope i have said your surname correctly and uh ray tararanga i hope i have also said your surname correctly please do email me and tell me if i haven't um so yeah thank you both very much for joining me i really really do appreciate the um support on Patreon, um as you guys know because i say it every week because i really fucking mean it Um, And yeah, and so obviously, a huge thank you to all my existing patrons as well. You guys um, genuinely help to keep the podcast running. And um, you like, like, for two reasons, not only financially, but also because by having patrons, it makes me feel like you guys want more of the podcast. And so yeah, like, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, as well as bonus content, then you can from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. And as always, that's Sasha with a C and not an S. This week's Rebel Author Podcast is sponsored by a brand new sponsor. I am genuinely giddy with excitement to welcome pro writing aid to the show as a sponsor so i am going to tell you a little bit about pro writing aid pro writing aid is an editing software and it is fan freaking fantastic i use it personally and i i guess you can describe it as like an all encompassing grammar checker style editor and a writing mentor to boot and that is just a few of the reasons that I bloody love this software. Pro Writing Aid is about more than just finding your grammar mistakes. Of course, um, you know writing grammatically perfect is ideal, but when you write grammatically perfect um, prose, it can still feel awkward and clumsy because not everything is about being grammatically perfect. And Q Pro writing Aid! This is one of the things that Pro Writing Aid can help you with. It searches out elements like repetitiveness, vague wording, sentence length variation, over dependence on adverbs, uh, what else? Things like passive voice, over complicated sentence constructions, and a whole shitload more. And it will provide you with 20 plus, I believe, different writing reports uh, covering all of those topics and more. The app will make suggestions on your manuscripts for things that you could correct, along with offering detailed explanations um, for why you should make those corrections. And it also has a bunch of videos and quizzes to help you understand the reasonings behind those suggestions. Now, I won't ever recommend anything that I don't uh, personally use and love, and I personally love Pro Writing Aid. I use it as my last line of defence. So I uh, do a draft and then I'll do my own personal edit and then I run it through Pro Writing Aid. And you would not Believe how much it still picks up, despite the fact I've probably read my manuscript a gazillion times. So, yeah, I, you know, other than the fact um, that it picks up all of those very writer specific things, um, I also love it as a last line of defence. And of course, Pro Writing Aid, nor any software for that matter, will ever replace a human editor. But what it does do is it helps you to self edit your work to a deeper level. Level. and that's so important because when you then send your manuscript off to an editor they will be able to focus on the meat of your story your characters and your prose and helping you take your man- manuscript from what is a solid draft to something that is shiny and unicorn and glittery like rather than the editor having to spend their time fixing basic writing issues and as a developmental editor myself I can tell you it is a huge frustration to me when I receive manuscripts that um, have a lot of basic mistakes in because it means I can't help you, uh, you know, bring your manuscripts up to perfection, uh, uh, perfection in air quotes, of course, um, you know, because I'm spending so much time uh, correcting basic things. And Pro Writing Aid will help you uh, eradicate those basic mistakes. So, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, what are you doing with your life? I am going to include a link in the show notes to uh, aid software as well as the uh, Rebel Author discount code. So make sure you go check it out. Alrighty then, let's get on with the show interview. Welcome Jenny Nash. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Author podcast. Today I am joined by Jenny Nash. Jenny is the founder of Author Accelerator, a business that has trained more than 50 book coaches to support authors through the entire creative process of writing a book. In addition to Author Accelerator, Jenny has been working as a private book coach for eight years. Writers serious about reaching readers have trusted Jenny to coach their products projects from inspiration to publication, landing top New York agents and book deals with houses such as Scribner, Simon & Schuster and Hachette. Jenny started her career on staff at Random House and has spent 30 years on all sides of the publishing industry. She is the author of nine books and has written hundreds of magazine articles for national publications. She has taught in the UCLA Extension Writers Program and spoken at writing conferences all over the country. Welcome.
1: Thank you. My my bio has never sounded better than in your beautiful, um, <laughs> beautiful accented voice. So I'm just gonna sit back and listen to. Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> oh oh, thanks I I think it's just British accents generally (laughs) but
1: I feel like that about American ones so that's so funny yeah we I think we all sort of swoon when we hear them (laughs) absolutely okay tell
0: tell everyone a little bit more about you and your writing journey and how you ended up where you are today
1: well, I was a midlist writer. All those books you talked about, of uh, six of them were published by big five publishers. I had three memoirs and three novels out. And a midlist writer is exactly what it sounds like. It's it's just stuck in the middle. Right? It's neither you're neither a debut author with all the excitement and promise nor are you have you broken through to be, you know, a big seller. So you're you're sort of in the middle and it's a place a lot of new writers would love to be, but when you're actually there, it, it didn't feel so great. And so I was feeling a little bit like my writing career was was stalling out and struggling and, and stuck. And around the same time, I started teaching in the UCLA program and was really finding my feet as a teacher and a inspirer of writers and I I didn't know that I had such a philosophy of teaching writing but it began to emerge during those years and what I noticed was so many of my colleagues in the teaching program you know we teach writing we teach craft we teach here's how to write dialogue here's how to write a scene here's how to get emotion on the page whatever the skill or, or the craft, Pieces And those are things that we need, but it's a little bit like teaching somebody to install a sink faucet in their house and, and thinking that you've taught them how to build a house. You know, and it, I was feeling this frustration and started thinking about a new way, a sort of more holistic way of teaching and, and was bringing that into my work. And one of those colleagues who was very craft focused. <laughs> actually asked me if I would help her write a book all the way from zero to to publication. She had this very strong vision and this very strong idea, and she just didn't know how to go about it. So she wanted a process and a system and a structure around it. And, And I said, I think I know how to do that. So we sort of entered into this experiment together and um, it worked out so beautifully that that writer was Lisa Kron, and that book was Wired for Story, which became. Holy a, shit!
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? It became a yeah. I have that book.
1: Yeah. Became a massively big seller. She became enormously popular in the writing world. And then I helped her write her second book, uh, Story Genius. And she's actually just finished her third, which will be out soon after, well, next year. But, um, so she got a whole new career and as a, as a writer and a speaker and a, and a, you know, teacher to, to everyone. And, and I got a whole new career because all of a sudden I thought, oh, this is, this is using all my superpowers. This is even better than writing. This is even better than teaching. This is all the things. And I began forming this framework for, for being a coach and, the next two writers that I worked with both landed big five book deals as well. So I had this 100% success rate and it just took off from there. And, and I realized that I was, a I had been a really good writer, but it turns out I'm, I'm an exceptional book coach. And, and it felt like I really found my, found my place. And, um, as you said in the, in the intro, um, I started a book coaching company and that has been a whole other journey which I'm sure we'll get into that's amazing
0: like what a success streak oh my god um yeah I did go on your website and sort of see um some of the books and 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 the but I just it's just amazing um okay so we are here to talk about book coaching uh can you tell everyone what exactly is book coaching or what
1: exactly is a book coach? So it's a, the reason people don't know what it is, I should talk about that first of all, is because it's very new. The The publishing industry has changed a lot over the years and it's changing right in front of us. Even as we speak, it's changing all the time and it's, it's becoming uh, more well, I guess I call it flatter, right? Where there's, there's not just gatekeepers. And if there's more open openings for writers to get their work out, but what's been squeezed out of the publishing industry was that mentoring or nurturing or ongoing sustaining support for writers that traditional publishing used to give back in the day. I always think of Max Perkins and Hemingway as back in the day. And, um, that that just doesn't exist anymore. The publishing industry moves so fast and it's looking for the next big hit. It's hungry for books that are ready to go. It's hungry for people that already have platforms. And so the idea of a writer being nurtured has just sort of gone missing. And so what a book coach does is we fill that gap. We we're there for a writer while they're working. So an editor typically comes in when the work is finished and and they make it better. And anybody who's ever been edited knows that that's the dream. It's I love being edited. I have such massive respect for what editors do. But what book coaches do is they come into the process even before that. So all the way through, while a writer is thinking and conceiving of the book and trying to get it on the page and working it out and also trying to come into their identity as a writer and dealing with all the emotions of the process. So we end up being a project manager, an editor, a cheerleader, uh, you know, backboard for ideas and just being really, I think of it as being just down in the muck of the creative process with the writer and it's quite like, you know, we're very used to people who have coaches for sports or for music, or even like an executive business coach. And it's quite like that, but for writing.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I never thought about the comparison with things like sports, but you that's so right. And even, you know, the athletes who are at the top of their game have coaches. So why shouldn't writers who are you know trying to get to the top of their game or at the top of their game have a coach too can you can Can anyone be a book coach or do you think it it takes a certain type of person you sort of talked a bit about the um the emotion side and 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 that so I'm just you know I'm thinking about Myers-Briggs and I'm a massive T on the Myers-Briggs scale so my coaching <laughs> my coaching is probably more along the lines of get it done bitch you know <laughs> in my in my week in my facebook group and i'm like i'm a hard-nosed bitch when it comes to that too um but uh,
1: <laughs> i mean that's a certain kind of style yeah. <laughs> i i do think there are some people this is not suited to and really you hit on one of them you have to have a certain amount of patience you have to have a certain amount of desire to to teach and and comfort with the messiness you know the creative process is very messy and there's times in the in the process where it looks like you've taken a deck of cards and thrown it up in the air and let them fall on the ground right yeah and and a coach can't be the kind of person who's going to freak out about that or try to rush through that um so so yeah I mean there's some people that I don't think would be suited to it but those who are suited to it usually when they hear about it they think oh, wait, that's, that's my dream. That's my dream job. So what, what kind of
0: personality traits would actually make a good coach?
1: So I think the number one thing is compassion for writers and the writing process. You know, I don't have to tell you, writers are crazy. You know, <laughs> when I'm talking about like the chaos of the process, they're crazy. I'm one of them. So I'm, I'm telling on myself here, you know, you get crazy I I happen to in the last two weeks I have three clients who are pitching right now and it doesn't it doesn't it's kind of unusual usually you know I'll have one client who's pitching but to have three who are pitching at the same time and these all happen to be incredibly competent very successful women who have you know the polish uh, they're polished and poised and the whole thing And, and one of them is just losing their mind and you know freaking out and so a good book coach is going to have compassion for that that you know we're you're going to know that that's okay and that's part of it so I think that's the first thing the other characteristics would be curiosity so a lot of the times I'm just asking questions well why are you making that choice why are you doing that what is this in here for what is the purpose of that scene you know, explain this to me. I don't understand what you're doing here. So it's kind of a curiosity about what's in the writer's brain and what's on the page, and digging, digging into that. And um, I think you hit on it when you said, you know, just get it done, bitch. I, I think you have to have a sense of project management. So a toughness in we're going to hit this goal and I need you to do these pages and I want to see this and this is what's going to come next. So an ability to manage a project, whatever your style is, but to to manage that project. And then finally, this is a thing I'm really um, adamant about these days. I think a, a book coach is going to be successful, needs to have some entrepreneurial skills and a sense of the, digital, the modern digital marketplace, because we don't have a storefront. You're not opening a shop on Main Street. We are operating in the virtual space. And in the uh, shutdown we've experienced with COVID, uh, book coaching is actually really booming right now. And it's just kind of one of those pandemic-proof businesses because you do it from home, but that means you've got to be willing to understand how that world works and how to be in that world and some of the tools of that world. And if there's somebody who's just not ready, willing, and able to jump into that space, I, I, I wouldn't know how to teach them how to do it. So um, it's compassion, curiosity, the ability to manage a project, uh, the ability to want to teach one-on-one, and then this digital business savvy. I think that's
0: so interesting there's so many things that I used to be a project manager would you believe <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> um, yeah. I used to lead these um so we I had many lives as a project manager but one, one of the last ones I did before I quit um we we basically had to go in and pull out a failing actually, I probably shouldn't, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. It was a failing company, let's put it this way. And um, we were absorbing them. And I and and there were lots of vulnerable people involved, uh, like service users. And um, basically, I held like a a daily stand up where I'd be like, literally calling people out you know have you done this have you done that why not what's your you know there is no excuse get it done. this and more like a military uh, kind of stand-up uh, the other thing I wanted to say is the curiosity I think that's really interesting um, and when you were talking I was thinking so I run another podcast called Next Level Authors Podcast uh with a co-host called uh Daniel Wilcox and he literally is the epitome of that curios- curiosity he has such a um charismatic way of of asking questions that I don't have so he he doesn't usually send questions before an interview because and he's even said it to me it's the curiosity in him that leads him to ask the next question and I and I adore his question style because I just can't do it and it's not I am curious, uh, because I have all these interesting weird oddities that I'm curious about, but I freeze when I'm not prepared. Mm. And so I'm guessing that to be a good book coach obviously you cannot prepare in advance for those meetings where you then have to dig deeper and so I I am panicking sat here panicking even thinking about having to do that because I I would literally sit there and freeze about what I was going to ask next I have to I have to know every question that I'm going to ask of course I will ask more during an interview and, and obviously I'm on a tangent now but for the most part I have to know that structure before I go so yeah I just I found that really interesting and um um I can see Daniel making an amazing book coach just because of those like he, he is he is the the epitome of those uh qualities and skills um okay so we've talked about uh the personality traits what what other skills would um a book coach need to have or I guess what experience from past lives would they need to have
1: well there are six key skills that I've identified that I teach in my book coach training courses and I can whip them off here very quickly for us. So the first is mechanical editing ability and that's just technical mechanical edits. You know, you just know how the English language works and that's actually quite easy to come by because it's pretty easy to learn that skill. So most of the people who come to this work are already pretty good at that. Um, That's not to say like I'm a terrible speller and I always forget the Oxford comma and what have you, but you know, I'm just, talking about in general you have to know how it works and then the second skill is an understanding of narrative design and this is something that often is not taught it's often gleaned like you talked about experience from a lifetime of reading a, a lifetime of watching movies and saying well wait there's a plot hole or you know a lifetime of just understanding what works and doesn't and thinking about what works and doesn't so, uh, just a sense of, of the way narratives work and what their structures are. The third skill that we teach is a sense of the marketplace. So this is something oftentimes that coaches who come into our training don't have is, well, how are books bought and sold? What are agents looking for? What are the trends in how books are sold? What's happening with bookstores lately? You know, what's happening you know there's there's so much news as I said earlier the publishing industry changes all the time so some sense about how are you going to keep up with those changes how are you going to advise your clients about which publishing path is right for them or how the money flows in different publishing paths or what they're likely to make or what they're likely to have to pay or who's in charge of marketing all those questions really so you can uh, support and guide your writers well and then there's that ability to manage the client so that's just people skills that's understanding when somebody's going off the rails understanding when um somebody perhaps is not a good fit for you understanding when the problem at hand is straight up emotion you know if a, if a writer's not finishing a project or they want to they want to go back and start again right when they're almost done or they have a shiny new idea that, that they want, you know, how to manage the people part of it. And then there's the project management part we spoke about, which you would be amazing at, right? (laughs) Here's the, here's the goal. When are we going to hit this, this deadline? How many pages do you have to write to, to meet your, you know, where you want to end up? What is your goal? How, you know, what are we aiming for? How do you get there? Those, those are skills we teach. And then finally, the, the thing I've been talking about is this um, how to actually run the business online. So those are the the six skills that that we teach. And the thing that's amazing is they're all teachable. So, you know, somebody who hears all this and thinks, this sounds great, but I don't have, I don't understand what you mean by narrative designer. I don't, I've never understood the marketplace. I can't even figure that out for my own book or, you know, that those are they're things that can be taught. And I also want to point out that what's not on this list because I think it's as important as what's on this list and what's not on this list is you don't have to have an agent of your own you don't have to have a bestseller of your own you don't have to have an MFA or a PhD in English or any sort of credential that you know whatever fill in the blank credential you don't have to have those things the the people that we have trained to be really successful book coaches in some cases don't even have a high school degree or they majored in. I have a, a student right now who was a, um, anthropology. She's an anthropologist. And uh, we have a student also who was a birth doula. So it, you don't have to have a certain background or any sort of certain credential. And the the reason for that is I really, truly, firmly believe that coaching a writer to do well is a totally different thing than being a writer yourself. There are two really different skills. So it's it's not, good writers don't necessarily make good book coaches. And I think we often see that with, famous writers who hold their workshops you know that we all want to go to all over the world and they they're not always great teachers because they're kind of native geniuses. They just know how to do it and they know what works for them, but they haven't really broken it down to figure out what works for somebody else.
0: Oh, I, I could not agree more with you. I get um, I get very frustrated that so many writing craft books are dry and it, it is just the it is just the ultimate irony that a writing craft book should be so dull to read like you that is why so I write nonfiction, and and they are writing craft books and I purposefully go out of my way to make the craft books fun and sarcastic and sweary and you know interesting to read like the whole point is is I'm a writer and therefore if you teach writing I I honestly believe you should make it engaging but the the point I was going to make is um I think that so many people struggle with that aspect in particular is because when you get good at something you it is an it's it's automated so um and and when you automate something it goes into your long-term memory and into your subconscious and because it's in your subconscious you then So if, for example, you get in a car, you couldn't necessarily, after you've driven for 10 years, you couldn't necessarily tell somebody how to drive that car, you just get in and your muscle memory does it. And so to be a good teacher, you have to make conscious what is already subconscious for you. And that's why it's so hard, I think. but yeah, I love that and and um and I loved also that you said what was out of um what was not on the list because that's so project management. We have what's in scope and what's out of scope, which is equally important to define. So I was like, oh, that's so project management. I love it.
1: Well, and and your books, the reason I you think your books do so well is that you've taken that time to break break down the process into knowable parts and and show people how those parts all add up and you know, your collection of books is so amazing. And, and the voice, all of that is, you know, that's why they're, they work so well. Cause you've, you've taken the time to really think those processes through.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, the next question is obviously difficult one to answer because it's country specific. And, and also in, to some respect, also year specific and, and economy specific and all of that jazz. Um, but, but how do you actually price being a coach? How do you price that service?
1: Oh, I love this question. Cause I love talking about money. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I love talking about money is that in in my book coach training programs, it always at some point for every person comes down to a conversation about money. And it comes down to that because the I don't think that we as a culture, and I know you're in a different country, but I'm just talking about in all people, we don't value our writers. We don't pay them very well. We expect them to write for free for exposure, you know. The fact that you can buy an amazing book for 99 cents, you know, during a promotion is crazy making. When you think about that, that's somebody's lifetime of work or their body of work or their knowledge. And, you know, we're not paying our writers a living wage. And so the reason that I get up on my soapbox about this is that so many book coaches therefore say, well, I can't charge to help writers because they can't pay and And so it becomes this circle of everybody saying, "We're not worth anything. This is not valuable. and And so the money conversation always goes to a place of talking about self-worth and of talking about what are we actually doing here? And what we're actually doing here is, as a book coach, and then I'll talk about as a writer in a minute, but as a book coach is, Helping somebody raise their voice and claim their confidence and do this thing they've probably wanted to do their whole life. And so I talk to coaches a lot about what are you promising? You know, if you're promising, well, you can write a bestseller and or I can help you write a draft in 30 days or, you know, some sort of what I think is an unreasonable or unrealistic goal. That's a whole different thing. That's not what I'm teaching. I'm teaching people, you know, what I say to my clients is I will help you have total confidence in your story. I'll help you know your story and feel that your story is worthwhile and ready to go into the world. I can't tell you what's going to happen when it goes into the world. I can't guarantee that. There's so many things that might happen. There's so many, um, you know, luck and timing play such a big role in publishing so then when you talk about what we're what our goal is, what we're actually trying to do, it becomes a service that's much more akin to, um, oh, if you think about a personal trainer in a gym or, um, you know, a health coach trying to help you feel better, you might have some metrics you want to hit, but oftentimes it's the process that becomes so powerful. And so I try to really work on teaching my coaches what to define as as their goal. And, and in my own coaching contracts, it's kind of hilarious. I, I bend over backwards to say what I'm not promising, what I'm not guaranteeing and what, what I can't do for them. And, and that's all a way of talking about what we can do. So that's the baseline to the conversation to talk about money because then what we're doing, like I can give you a super simple example. There's a lot of writers need help with writing a query letter. So a query letter is the pitch letter that you write to try to get an agent. And they're half a page. They're they're like 150, 200, 250 words long. They're very short. They're not hundred words. I don't know what I'm talking about. They're they're very short. But um, you know, so you think if somebody wants help editing their and and uh, the editing their query letter, I see so many people charging like 50 bucks for that because it's a tiny letter right so uh, let's charge 50 bucks and I'll and I'll edit your letter and we'll go back and forth a few times and then it'll be ready to go out and I'm just thinking that is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my entire life because you're not thinking about what that writer really needs so what that writer really needs is a strategic plan for approaching agents, a sense of what agents they're going to approach and why, uh, a a strategic plan for how they're going to approach those agents in batches or how they're going to do it over time. Then they need the query letter edited, but it needs to have such a sense of what that story is and what the goal is and where it's trying to fit in the marketplace and all of these elements. And that writer needs to be, prepared for this work because it's the moment when a writer stops being a creator and stops starts being they have a product to sell so they have to prepare that mindset shift they have to know what they need to ask of an agent what what the business transaction is going to be what the red flags are so when if if I do uh, help somebody with a query I charge thirty five hundred dollars so other people are charging fifty dollars to edit the letter. I charge thirty-five hundred dollars, and minimum because what I'm of all the value I'm actually giving and what I'm really doing for that person, and and my clients are more than happy to pay it because I've identified what their pain is and how I can help them solve it. Because going out to an agent is terrifying. It's chaotic. It's confusing. If you haven't done it before, you don't know what to make of it. You don't know when to keep pitching or when to stop or when to quit, you know, all of that. So I am in it with the writer, um, you know, for the long haul. So that's a simple example of how I I teach to think about money and and how to talk about value and what you're delivering. So I'm just a huge fan of Don't charge by the hour, don't charge by the task, don't make it a transactional thing. You know, if you're gonna get into this work, get paid what you're worth and understand what you're really doing for people and and then deliver that value to them. So in a scenario I'm talking about, I told you I had three clients who are pitching right now. It's very slow in publishing right now. Things are very weird. Um, all three of those pitch processes are not going well. (laughs) And, um, I, I have to know that I'm delivering value to them. And then at the end of the day, no matter what the outcome, they're going to be happy with my support and services as a coach to them. And I can guarantee that they would all say that. So that's, that's how I think about money and how I teach about money, which probably doesn't answer your question, but maybe it does.
0: I think it yeah I think it does and I think it you know even having a ballpark for one part of your service um is is helpful too um and yeah I just I, I don't really believe in the starving artist and uh, so I uh, have set up multiple streams of income and I've never ha- give, I've never had I've never put my books up for free for anything ever. Um, I I might, I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but I haven't yet. And um, I'm really reluctant to because I put a lot of fucking work into them and I deserve to get paid for them because they're good quality. And, you know, I I, I feel that is the, I never ever um, resent paying for another author's book ever. And, um, you know, even when I'm sent advanced reader copies, I still buy a copy of the book. Um so, so yeah, I, I absolutely think that we deserve to get paid. But I think so for so long in society, we have undervalued creativity. And the sad thing is, is I truly believe creativity is um, the cure for all. Um, it is it, it, it is the panacea that that society needs, if only we would be allowed to be creative in all of the different industries.
1: No, it's so true. We could we could talk about that for days. Cause I yeah. I agree. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Thanks to one of my patrons, Meg, for uh, the next uh, couple of questions. So, how do you go about starting to actually market your coaching business in order to find clients?
1: So I have a, a method that I teach that has proven to be very successful. And that is to really think about marketing as finding that Venn diagram where the, the circles overlap, where what your talent is with the writer's pain and what you can really do for them. And that's the best way to market is to really hone in on on that, that sweet spot. And so what that might look like is, um, I have a student right now. I'm so excited for her. She's an, uh, a lawyer. She's been a lawyer for 30 years and she's actually in the UK and, um, she wants to start a book coaching business for lawyers who want to write novels because they all do. And she understands them so well. She understands that they might be embarrassed about this, that they might be nervous about how they're going to be perceived, that they don't know what they're doing when they're so successful in their law. And like, what a fantastic way to market a business, right? So it's like being a lighthouse for that particular kind of writer. And when she launches this business, I promise you, it's going to do really well because the second you hear that you, you think, oh, I know somebody who would use that book coach. I, or if you hear, you know, in conversation, a lawyer wants to write a book, you would send them there. Similarly, um, I have a book coach who really, really loves working with people for whom English is their second language. And she loves that because she really likes uh, learning about their culture, learning about their process, learning about their, you know, who they are and what they're bringing forth in their books—that's part <laughs> of what she enjoys. And so she has a specialty that, again, if if you can identify so clearly who your ideal customer is, that customer is going to find you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one other example I'll give is a coach who is really into speculative fiction and recognizes that the vast majority of writers of speculative fiction are men. So she's focusing on women writers, and specifically women writers who are working on issues of social justice. And that's a super narrow focus. But all of these are the foundation of excellent marketing. So the answer to the question is not like, oh, take out a bunch of Facebook ads or go to a conference and hand out your card. Like those are just tactics and sometimes mm-hmm. they can be part of a marketing plan, but a really solid marketing plan is, is about knowing who you're serving. What are you doing for them? Why are you serving them? Why do you care about them? What, you know, why is that your superpower? And, and then letting everybody that you know, know about that. I have seen this time and again with our coaching students be the thing that works. And, it's really counterintuitive. People get really nervous when I am um, working with them in this regard, because the, i the, the instinct is to think, Oh, I'm a newly minted book coach. I'm going to do anything. Anybody asks, you know, yeah. like, Oh, you need that. I'll do that for you. You need this other thing. You need a manuscript read. You need a chapter edit. You need a proofread. You need a, um, a query letter. You know, I'll do anything for anyone. Cause I'm scared. And, uh, I just want clients and it's, the confidence uh, to say no to say that's not for me that's for this other person or uh, I know somebody who'd be better at that than me what I really do is x Um, it's way easier said than done and but it's the thing that a hundred percent works to to run a great business I think that's so
0: interesting and I can see that across so many different facets in the industry as well. So Orna Ross, who's the director at Ally, uh, wrote an article some time ago now, but one that forever changed my outlook on marketing. And she basically talked about how authors need to find the thing that is uniquely them. And then do that thing. And I just I, I everything that you're saying echoes of that here, um, that a book coach really needs to find that thing that is uniquely them in terms of what is it only they can help another author with. Um, and I just I just agree so much because when I, I I, I talk about this all the time. But I have three values or three principles that I adhere to in everything, in every public appearance, in every book, in every online, anything that I do. And that's to be motivational. Note, I didn't say inspirational, but motivational, which is probably where I get the, uh, the old whip out um, <laughs> uh, to be knowledgeable and to be a little bit rebellious. And I put that everywhere in everything. Every time I open my mouth, I'm trying to embody those things because those are the things that are most me about me. And uh, when I got very clear on that, all of a sudden, I saw very quickly my platform, my audience, my readers uh, like explode. And and so, yeah, I can completely understand what you're saying in terms of that's, you know, how a book coach should approach their marketing.
1: There's a writer that I would recommend anybody reads who's thinking about marketing uh, this kind of business, a book coaching business or any small business. Her name's Pia Silva and she has a column, an online column at Forbes. It's a small business column, but she writes about, um, well, ostensibly she writes about branding, but all of her lessons, every time I read one of her columns, I'm just like, yes, yes, like, I, I think I'm her most obsessive fan, because <laughs> um, she just, I really think that people in the creative spaces, including writers and book coaches, have so much to learn from business people, and, and actually vice versa, but I would, I would highly recommend Pia Silva's columns, yeah
0: I'm just going to I need to uh write that down before I forget yeah um, uh, okay so are there any warning signs that help you recognize a good client from one that might not be suitable for you personally and obviously I understand that that might work both ways so for any writers who are listening that would be interested in having a book coach um what are the warning signs for them
1: as well oh that's such a good question um So on the, on the coach's side, in terms of working with writers, um, I, I really teach this a lot, this idea of getting the ideal client, the right client, that's how you're going to succeed. And you don't want clients who are not suited to you. And that, that goes to what you just talked about, which is knowing what are you about? What do you like? Somebody should not come to me who is super fragile and just starting out and not sure they wanna do this. Like, don't come to me, because I'm all about driving hard to getting an agent. Like, that's what my place is. And there are many, many people who are super nurturing and super kind and super patient, and that's who you should go to. So so it starts with knowing on both sides who you, what you're about, what you're good at, what, you, what you're trying to achieve, and then the the red flags would be like, for me, this is a, an, a red flag. And I get this a lot. Some of you will say, because I charge a lot of money at this point in my career, I charge a lot. And so people will say, well, what am I going to get for all that money? And how they ask that question is going to be a red flag or not a red flag. Like, please ask that question. It's a lot of money and you should feel good about it. But if somebody comes at me and they said, well, what's the ROI of my working with you and how many clients of yours have gotten million dollar deals? And you know, how, how fast can I expect to make this money back? And you know, if they're coming at me with those questions, I just immediately say, you know what? I, I can't guarantee you anything. I can't, I don't think I can give you what you are looking for. I think you should find somebody else. Because, like, what's the end result of that going to be? They're just going to blame me for everything. I, like, I, I won't be able to win, you know? And and so um, that's that's what a red flag would be for me, is just somebody who's not aligned with my values or my practices or what I do. And that starts with knowing what those are. And and then on the writer side, if somebody's looking for a coach or an editor or somebody to hire... It, it honestly starts with exactly the same thing. You got to know what you're looking for. You have to know what you want. Like, why are you willing to go and pay somebody to help you? What what are you hoping to achieve? Are you, you know, and you have to be honest about that. Are you thinking, I hate my day job. I want to quit it. And I think book, book writing is the way for me to do that. I have some great ideas. You're, you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I have some great ideas and um, I'm looking for somebody to help me with that. Say that if that's what you really think, because you know what? There's a way to think about that. Like I have a friend who, who cranks out romance novels. She is super savvy and smart. She makes a boatload of money and you know, if that's your main goal. There's things you could think about. There's things you could do if your goal is, I just want to see this book in my hands because I'm sick of talking about doing it someday and I want to actually do it. That's something different. You know, you've got to know all the different layers of what your goal are so that you can then ask for what you need from, from that coach or person. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're frustrated that you've been rejected, if you don't understand why, if you've tried to do it on your own and you want, to seek professional help because you want to see that maybe you've been doing something wrong and you're open to learning that's something really different too. So it all, in both cases, it just starts with super uh, radical self-knowledge and uh, being willing to say what what you really need and not taking on a relationship or a partnership that's not going to give it to you.
0: Yeah, I, I'm glad that you uh, mentioned having self-knowledge and self-awareness. This is why I would be a shite coach because <laughs> I I talk regularly about how I don't really know myself <laughs> all the time. And I swear that I would have been a writer much younger if I just know myself a little bit better. Um, but uh, what was I going to say before that? Uh, no, yeah, I'm glad that you because I was just sort of coming to that conclusion that actually being a book coach requires you to know yourself um uh, a lot and the other thing that I was going to say is it sounds like um the ideal client uh, may, may, uh yeah clients maybe this is just for you but I think obviously for a lot of people who want to be good book coaches is to have a client who is willing to take responsibility for their actions that's kind of where what I heard from you because um those people who are already frustrated and angry because the world hasn't you know landed on their lap a a a, you know agent uh, or whatever contract um they obviously are not accepting responsibility for that they are externalizing the blame and yep. so I guess one one red flag would be somebody who doesn't in you know and I'm not saying you have to always internalize everything but you know you have to take responsibility for your actions you're not going to get anywhere unless you do the work and and I suppose being a coach you don't actually do the work for them they still have to do the work um okay what What kind of offering should a coach give? Should it be short sessions, long sessions, multiple sessions? Should it be packages? Do you give a free consult at the start, all of the above? Like, what does that look
1: like? Well, I'm sure you can get a sense that it can look like anything, depending on so many factors. I was just consulting with a new book coach who's a mom, and she's stuck at home with their kids in the pandemic now and she's a single mom and she's trying to get to launch a book, a book biz coaching business now. So it would not make any sense for her to offer something that's going to take a ton of daytime hours, a ton of phone call schedules because her kids are going to interrupt her all the time. You know, even when I was talking to her, they were, their Netflix show was over and they come padding in mom, you know, so she needs to do something that she can kind of, do fast she can do in short bursts of time maybe before the kids get up or after they go to sleep you know it's kind of context dependent on on what she can offer and there are many things you can do within that that framework so you know it 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 just depends on what that coach is is about and what they're doing and what they're why they're doing their coaching a lot of uh, book coaches train because they're writers and you know that writing income is very, very up and down and, you know, you can make a lot when a book comes out and then you can make nothing. And so a uh, book coaching as a side gig can help stabilize that income. And if you're looking for that, you're going to be looking for things that you can do that are, that are going to be consistently bringing in clients and that are not going to take all your writing mojo from you you know so um it's kind of a really looking at all of those things and and figuring it out I personally just deeply love the long relationship aspect of working with the writer over time and I used to do uh short strategy sessions where I would help people like what's your burning question about your book or about publishing I'll help you with that um like we'll do an hour-long consult and I think you do that actually yeah, and, um,
0: yeah I was just gonna say oh I love that I do, yeah, I do that sometimes and I'm like yeah that totally suits me just a see, blast,
1: I, fish bash. yeah yeah right and I don't like that because I'm always like well did you do it what happened like and then I want to like call them oh, that right that, that's not my problem <laughs> See? See? so that's, that's what I mean you have to know and there are people who love what you do and and like I want to be part of the unfolding story and the long process and sometimes that means like I have a client right now who had a baby in the middle of a book and you know so I've been with her through the entire pregnancy and now she has a child and you know like I become part of the whole unfolding of all the things and You know, so it's just, it just what suits you and what what you like.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm giggling because I very specifically called it consulting and not coaching because um, the thing that I love is to um, be there for that one high powered intense hour and see the light bulb go. Because it's a very focused, very niche um, one hour where we will work together to find and solve whatever the issue is. But um, uh, yeah, I I I can't be a hand holder um, or or you know I can't I, I can't I can't invest over the long term. I, I want to help in a in a short sharp injection of adrenaline, and and then you know. It, you know and that's so me as well when i look at my life that like i i am very intense for a short period of time and um and then i go to
1: collapse um but see but- that's genius because you know that you know you're good at it you know you can help people right you it's it that's exactly what what you want to do and and that's exactly there's so many places to help writers and and the worst thing to do is to say i can help anybody do anything and and there was a phase in my career where I actually did do that, and I said that, and I would sort of pride myself on that, like you got a problem with anything, any genre, at any point in the process, you know, any kind of publishing I can help you and And I thought that that was the way, and it over time it's 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 not sustainable. You have to really you know become an expert in something, yeah, and know yourself,
0: yeah. Yeah, maybe i do know myself better than i'm giving myself credit for i think right you or. do i
1: was going to say you're like the, <laughs> look at the name of our podcast we're on like you, <laughs> you totally know well maybe it's because i've
0: grown into that but i spent so long not knowing like growing up that you know i it's it's hard for me to then recognize actually i've got to that place where i where i do know um okay what, what kind of lead magnet? magnet or sales funnel do you have do you you know what do you use or create for this kind of service uh, to direct people into your coaching system not not system um ecosystem
1: yeah um so it's a great question and if people don't know uh what that is it's it's usually a very small, short, easy giveaway that, that brings people into your, your ecosystem, you know, is to sign up for your newsletter or to, to do a small package with you or what have you. And it's a thing that writers need to think about as well. And book coaches can do so many different things. They can give away, um, page edits or, uh, consulting calls, you know, giveaway, meaning, um, uh, either a small fee or, if it's part of their process to have a, a free something. There can be chapter checklists. I've seen people do world building for um, sci-fi or speculative fiction sort of um, things. Um, at the moment, I've just finished constructing a six-part free video series on what a book coach is and all the things we've been talking about actually, like who would make a good one? What are those six skills you need? Um, who, you know, How do I market? How do I make money? Um, just to answer all the questions people typically have about book coaching, and I put together that video series that that 's where I draw uh, drive everyone to now um, so it 's all the the tips and tricks that all the business people use um, for this are ones that we can borrow and steal for our own selves as well so um, that uh, i'd love for people to go check out my series if they 're hearing this and thinking this sounds like so much fun. Um, it's really the series is really designed just to really help you think is this right for me is this something I want to do and you can find it at bookcoaches.com backslash a b c um I don't think I have that link
0: so uh would you would you be able to share that link with me and then I'll make sure that goes into the show notes.
1: absolutely yeah
0: I was just looking at the links and I don't think that one is in there. Um, okay, this is always my favorite question. This <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm cackling on the inside, devilish cackle. Uh, this is a Rebel Author podcast. So tell me about a time you unleashed your inner rebel.
1: Ah, I mean, I love that you asked this. It's always my favorite part <laughs> of listening to it as well. I, I It totally stressed me out when I saw that you were going <laughs> to everyone says
0: that everybody says that literally every. and it makes me love that I ask it
1: even more <laughs> well it's just so funny because my response is to think I've never done anything rebellious in my whole life that one time I crossed over the double yellow line when I was driving <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about it and and I have done something super rebellious recently which is with my business, uh, Author Accelerator, which is this book coach training and certification business, for five years, I was directing everything toward writers. I built a business. I I started it when I was age 50. So even just starting a, being an entrepreneur over the age of 50 was pretty, um, pretty rebellious to begin with. But I spent five years building this business. And in, last year, I really stepped back and looked at it and realized that it was not Working the way I wanted it to work, it was not doing what I needed it to do, and and I blew the whole thing up, and and I pivoted to focus solely on training book coaches, and it felt super terrifying. I made a lot of people angry. I let a lot of people down. People accused me of not caring about writers, or or only caring about money, or you know not being a person of integrity. Uh, all these things that really kind of cut cut close to the bone and uh so my rebellious act was was doing it and sticking with it and you know putting a stake in the ground and saying I'm I'm doing it and I actually literally don't know of another company anywhere that's doing what I'm doing (laughs) that so I'm sort of making a market for book coaching and it, it might not work. I mean, there might not be a market. It might not be a sustainable thing. And I, I've staked my entire reputation on it. I've staked so much money on it. I've staked so much time on it. And um, I feel sometimes like I'm walking on a high wire, which is super fun, but also yikes. So the the rebellious thing was was making that change and, and going, going all the way with it. And just putting it all on the line. I love that so much and I love that.
0: Um, I I feel like to be an entrepreneur and to be certainly as an indie anyway, you have to embrace that mindset and that going all in and that leap of faith like i feel like there are so many leaps of i when i before i left my job i assumed that the only leap of faith i would have to make was quitting my job but um how naive dear sweet Sasha <laughs> um, <laughs> there are so many more leaps of faith um, along the way and I this this business of being employed by yourself and having a business and having a company is not for everybody and I sort of like it even more because not everybody can do this it, it is it is very much for a certain person of a certain mindset and and What a wonderful conclusion, because is that not everything that we have spoken about, knowing yourself and knowing um, what, you know, your strengths, your weaknesses and what is uniquely you? Uh, Can you tell listeners where they can find out more about you, your books and also your services and your courses?
1: Yes, please come visit bookcoaches.com backslash ABC. You can find everything about us there. The video series I was speaking of, what book coaching is about, who it's for. You can sign up for our courses there. And if you're looking to be coached, we actually have a free service where we match writers to our certified coaches. And you can find that at authoraccelerator.com. So that's for a writer who thinks they might want a book coach. We will ask you about your project and ask you about your style and ask you what your goal is and what you're looking for. And we will match you to a coach for free and um if you if you work with that coach the coach pays us a small referral fee for that service so it's no cost to the writer so book coaches people who are interested in coaching can come to bookcoaches.com backslash abc and writers can go to authoraccelerator.com amazing thank you so much for your time today
0: thanks for having me You're most welcome. Thank you also to all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. Thank you also to everybody listening. I'm Sasha Black, you are listening to Jenny Nash, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Next week, I'm talking to Tiffany Yates Martin and oh my goodness, we geeked out big time. I was super excited, super in love with this conversation and I think you guys are going to get so much from it. Uh, We are talking all about editing and the nitty gritty in your manuscripts and your stories. So look out for that next week. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.